Hello, and welcome to the Shepherd the Sheep podcast with Jason Vaughn and Pastor Gino Guillermo. And today we are going to be discussing the important topic of church membership. Why church membership? What is church membership? And what does it take to be a member of Cornerstone Community Church here in Las Vegas? It is our prayer that when we come away from this, you understand the significance of church membership, and even if you're not a local and listening from afar, that you understand why it's important and helpful even for your own church to have church membership. Welcome to today's podcast. Uh, good discussion on membership. And uh, as we record this, even going through the new membership class, and uh, you've been around for Cornerstone for a while, uh, you might even notice that uh, we are no longer doing membership in one day or one lunch. It is now a class. So good opportunity for those going through the membership process to uh, meet each other, get to know each other, spend some time together and uh, fellowship together and hear what Cornerstone's about. So uh, today we're going to ask that important question. Why membership? Yeah, welcome, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So Good uh, question, by the way. And I think uh, it's relevant, especially in this town where uh, church membership is not really normal. Yeah, I don't really know much about this town and that, though. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I know that, like, uh, I feel like I've had a few conversations with people who kind of uh, who are joining us for the first time and they never really had a concept of being a member of a church. So I think this discussion is uh, relevant and just useful, a good reminder of why why church membership. Yeah. Well, I know early on uh, in my life, uh, they would say, you need to be a member. And I was like, why? Yeah. It, well, it just sounds weird, right? Because I don't think even the biblical writers speak about it the way we speak. I mean, that's kind of our way of talking about church membership, but really, uh, and then maybe that's where the discussion kind of departs and, or like the idea is kind of separate because people don't misunderstand it maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Or they say, well, I, I looked, I went to concordance and I didn't find membership in the Bible. So where did you get this? Right. Right. Which sometimes I'm like, well, you didn't find your kitchen in there either, but we all make it to that place. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, today uh, today's podcast is being uh, fueled by Publicus, an Ethiopian natural process. So how'd it turn out? Did it turn out good? I think I over-brewed uh, over it or over-extracted a little bit. Did you? Yeah. It's too bad. Was yeah. it, <laughs> do you get any fruitiness? Yeah, it's still, still good, though. Yeah, okay. Still yeah, good. yeah. I'm, I'm going with my trusty Perrier, so... Uh, yeah, if you've been to service, you know I drink like way too much of these, but that's okay. So uh, life is good for you, and uh, welcome back from your birthday weekend and helping out Mr. Cowell up there in Utah. And uh, oh, you're talking about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's good. Yes, yeah, that was good. 
Yeah. 30, 39. So. Wow. <laughs> Next year's the big one. Yep. The big four zero. Yep. Yeah. Well, and somebody else in the church turned the big three zero. Yes. On the same on the same day as your same birth. Day. Yep. Yes. Exactly. Yep. Yep. I'm the uh, I'm the older one, so technically I have authority over him. Oh, totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you have discernment on burgers, so correct. Yeah, you, exactly. You, yeah, so. there's a, there's a reason why, you know, I have more wisdom. Yes, yes. It is Captain Obvious. Yes, it yeah. takes a while to it does discern these things. Maybe by the time he's thirty nine, he'll get it too. But we'll 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 be in prayer. <laughs> I was uh, I was told that maybe uh, you know it's interesting because people listen and they they get to know us a little bit in these in these podcasts and they hear our jokes about the habit and in and out and inevitably somebody always takes these jokes a little too seriously uh nobody yet but just in my experience of making fun of Starbucks for good reason and making you know just kind of making these jokes somebody always like well why don't you like well look actually we don't care cuz it's preference right yeah. Right. Yeah. right if you like McDonald's hamburgers <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there's there's always a time for a, a McDonald's cheeseburger. You know, it's a guilty pleasure. Uh, it's it's like eating a, I don't know. It's kind of like eating. You know, uh, gosh, I'm I'm trying to think of a, a chip that's just gross or a, a candy that's just. Uh, I don't know, man. I I think of that, and the imagery that runs in my mind on a McDonald's cheeseburger is not. Um, yeah. There's something about eating not, uh, like emptiness that fills your soul. Like yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Because like, I, I always like would gross out on McDonald's cheeseburgers, and then I take a bite of my my uh, my kids' burger sometimes. I'm like, for some reason, that hit the spot. You know what it is? I think uh, it's nostalgia or something. Yeah, nostalgia and sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I don't want to know what's in that cheeseburger. But. <laughs> Pickles and ketchup and mustard. Yeah. Uh, well, at least I don't put mayonnaise on it. Well, so here we go with our membership discussion. Uh, you know, why membership? Uh, I think I wonder if if maybe 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 the uh, myth that needs to be dispelled here early in the discussion, if you made it through the burger discussion and you just got to this and you, you've endured here. the pot, if you're still here, <laughs> you're still here, you just earned money. Yes. Yeah, go to your spouse and ask for 20 bucks. You earned it. Um, but if you... Uh, Right, maybe maybe one of the myths that I would want to dispel early that I hear, and I have heard this a lot around town. Well, why do why do we doing membership if you're a, a believer in the kingdom? And I kind of go, I understand why you maybe said that, mm-hmm. uh, but it probably is exposing more your lack of understanding the argument for church membership, right. Yeah, so uh, what we're not saying is if you're not a member of Cornerstone, then you're not a believer. Right. Okay, and what we're not saying is that membership makes you a believer. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and there's not a higher spot in heaven for people that are members. That is correct. Yes, so membership is a way of, the way I understand it and articulate it, is... Membership is an opportunity for us to say to the congregation, these people who are members are committed to this local body first and foremost, uh, to the best of our discerning abilities. They have a profession in Christ, understand the gospel, 
and want to be involved in this church and follow after Christ. Yeah, I think um, the short way I would describe it is really belonging to a family, a local family yeah. uh, whose foundation is Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. So we're saved in Christ and we belong, we have committed to walk together in this ministry together as a family of Christ here in the, in this, you know, in this local church. Yeah. And you have um, the freedom, right, to join yes. uh, and walk with us or join another church. And whether a church teaches on um, uh, membership or not, you know, there is a level of membership at that church, whether you like it or not. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, uh, and uh, we, we, you know, for us, it just, it helps us and it helps the congregation when you're just more clear biblically um, so that we can function better as a family. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I, it's a, you know, it's funny, like, if I go back to, to working with college students days, which, you know, the college students always be like, oh, I'm dating this person and we had the DTR. And I remember sitting on the airplane listening to that going, what, what is the DTR? I don't, this is like terminology that I'm unaware of. And I was like, wait, are you in the military? No, okay. And they're like, oh, you don't know the DTR? Well, that's the define the relationship. And it's like, oh, the DTR. Oh, okay, I guess I get what that is. And so, but I think in some ways, like membership is a, hey, we're going to define the relationship here, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, member members in Cornerstone, uh, we have, right, we are trying to say, hey, there is a minimum requirement for membership. One, you got to live locally. Uh, two, you got to love Jesus Christ. By the way, these are not in ranking order. So no emails like, why would you rank that above this? I, Rarely do I. The funny part is I've learned. You're I spitting. You're spitting off the top of your head right now. Spitting is, off yeah. the top of my head. And I rarely actually rank things in priority order. Correct. Yeah. I think people that, I think that's maybe one area where I get myself into trouble is I number things, but I'm never, they rarely do I rank things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do rank habit over in and out. <laughs> right. Right. But, that's fair. Yes, exactly. But rare, you know, in this case, I'm not, I'm not ranking. So spitting off the top of my head, letter number A. Uh, they have to be local. B, you have to love Jesus Christ and be saved. Uh, and I'm good with that. Yeah. Yeah. And C, I would say at some level, you have to recognize what the church is trying to do and you're agreeing to walk with us. Okay. You're not necessarily right. And I think that's kind of one of those, like, I hope it's not splitting hairs, but it's one of those where I tell people, you don't have to actually believe everything we believe. You don't have to read our what we teach statement and say, oh, I slam dunk agree with every jot and tittle on that. Uh, but I would want you to, to go from the outset, oh, I understand that's what they believe and that's what they teach. And so now I know how they're going to lead me so that if we, te- if we teach something that you disagree with, right, there's some level of grace of, hey, you know what, we disagree on this, but they have told me it's a non-issue and... and I'm going to make it a non-issue with them as well. Right. Yeah. And I think that's actually where a lot of churches who don't practice membership fall apart because yeah. they have not defined the relationship. Mm-hmm. So therefore, um, the expectations are all over the place. Pastors yes. expect something from their congregations and congregation expects something from the pastors. They've not really defined what that should look like. Um, so what, what we're actually saying is, you know, this is re- the reason why we go through formal membership. That's the, the word I was trying to think about, formal membership is because defining those uh, parameters, um, it's actually loving, I think, and it actually serves the people 
Yeah. Who are part of your flock. Yeah, it's it's helpful to the elders. It's helpful to one another. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah, it's a, it's helpful. I mean, there's there's discernment, right? It, it helps you discern some level of accountability and vetting as well, right? It's it's nice to know that you're putting your kids in a nursery that is only staffed by members or people that are through going through the membership process that we probably already feel comfortable enough about their walk with Christ and we're just making the formality then of getting them through member the membership class. But there's something nice about, hey, this isn't just some random stranger that came in last week and said, oh, I want to serve in the nursery. And they were like, okay, next week, serve in the nursery. You know, that there's some kind of vetting process. Right. Um, now, I, I admit, too, that you don't have to, you don't have to do church membership to, to have a vetting process for a nursery. But that's just my example. Right. Yeah. yeah I don't, again. So uh, membership, right, it's helpful to kind of say, okay, uh, this says to other members, the people who are members of this church, right? It's just to, again, that define the relationship. I know I'm standing next to somebody else that's made the same commitments to me as I have made, uh, is committed to me, loves Christ, or is at least professing to love Christ and, um, and wants to walk and grow together in making disciples with this church. Yes. Yeah. I, that that's helpful. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, and how, I mean, I know we're talking about kind of the practical side of it. Um, do you want to lay out um, how you see this biblically? Well, I think, uh, right, biblically we are acknowledging Ephesians 4, but to each one of us the gift was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And by the way, that I, I realize that I just changed that translation from grace to gift. But the word is charis, which means gift, and I think in Ephesians 4 there uh, he's talking about the gift more so than he's talking about the concept of grace. Now there, again, there's a relationship there in the word and the meaning unmerited favor, unmeritorous gift, but, but Christ specifically there is mentioned as giving each church member a gift. And so, uh, gifts are only given to believers. So, and then saints are gifted for the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ there in Ephesians four twelve. And so we, we are acknowledging, hey, listen, members of the church are gifted individuals, and in order to be gifted, right, you kind of trace this back to they have to be saved. So uh, you want your church to be a holy body, and I think salvation at minimum is the requirement for church membership. Because if, right, you want a holy body, uh, and you are, ex- you, you are placing it... Um, you're placing an expectation on them while also telling them at the same time um, that, that we are going to hold you accountable for ministry to one another. We're going to encourage ministry to one another. That's what you're expected to do by God. So we're, we're kind of standing in the gap there, not, not looking over your shoulder because we want you to serve. More like, hey, we, we want to encourage you that being faithful in this way is the way. And so you think about the way that that works there uh, with a believer, right? A believer is gifted to do that, which is why you, you don't want, we, we don't want members in the church to be unbelievers. Uh, and all of us know horror stories of things that happen to churches and voting when, when, because there's members there and people are like, we're not even sure those members are saved. And there's a lot of problems that get created because the expectation that an unbeliever can do believer things in the church is probably a wrong expectation and you you know you're really saying okay unbeliever i expect you to go and 
uh, even though you're rejecting the Lord and you're suppressing the truth and unrighteousness, I expect you to encourage one another today as if, you know, uh, today and to encourage one another because of the hardenings of sin and the deceitfulness of sin. So encourage one another to walk in holiness and to be believers. So go do what by nature you're not wired to do and haven't been regenerated to do. It just, it seems like that's a big problem. You know, oh, you, you know, you just, all you have to do for church membership is sign this dotted line. Well, that's a problem, Hmm. you know, because again, if unbelievers aren't gifted to build up the body of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it seems to me like most of those horror stories come from, you know, oh, uh, yeah, you had a members vote and all those, all the people came out of the woodwork and all of a sudden you had 600 people there you'd never seen before but they were still in your membership role, yeah, that's going to be a problem. Right. Yeah. I think it also pushes against the seeker-friendly movement where yes. it says like, hey, everyone's welcome, which you know, that's true. Everyone is welcome to learn the Bible, to learn who Jesus Christ is. But not not everyone's a member. And when you just start filling you know, the building to the max capacity with with that's the end goal of your, that's the end goal of your mission, yeah. um, you, you run into problems because then you're, what are you doing? Are you are you building up the body? Body meaning the members, right? Of yes. the church, not just a group of people who meet in a building. Yes. But an actual membership means that hey, they're participating. Yes. Yeah, and so like I think that's where seeker friendly churches shoot themselves in the foot because they're not. I mean, are they really discipling those people? Are they right. are they are they being built up to do the work of ministry? Are are there those kinds of expectations set up? Um, right. Are they expected to live holy lives? Things like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, the way we view the church is each and every person in the church is to be a minister for the gospel. And by saying, by by having a membership, you kind of now have defined even who your primary focus is to be on. So, um, yeah, I like what you said there too, because again, I think one of those things that, oh, if I'm not a member, are you saying non-members aren't welcome to your church? No, of course not. And, and we're happy, you know, if somebody wants to come and sit in the congregation for three years and listen to every sermon, but doesn't want to engage or talk to anybody or, or get involved. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll pray for you. Like we will, I mean, we, the thing is you, you will get pushed at yes. some point. Yes. You, you will get challenged and not, not in a, an aggressive way, of course, but right. you know, part of our job is to shepherd everybody there. So. Right. Yeah. In, including those who are not members, right? Yes. Yeah. Because we tell them to be members, right? Yes. Yeah, and I think that's helpful, you know, but I, but I think it's, you know, I always view non-members who are there on Sunday as our guests. Yeah, you are a guest here, and we welcome you, and we are going to serve you Christ on a platter. Right. Yep. Yeah, and and that, by the way, if you if you don't know that picture, we, we use that picture a lot where we talk about ourselves as being the wait staff in a banquet hall, and we walk around with platters, that point people to the head of the banquet table, which is Jesus Christ. And so we want, we want you to worship him. And so we're not there to be on display. Gino and I are not the kind of guys that have to be on stage. It's that we serve you by being on stage. Correct. But we're trying to actually not be in the way of the gospel. So we're just trying to lift Christ on high and we actually don't. Yeah. So, and I think that's helpful to know, right? Like when none of this is here for, um, you know, new people that come in, we're not, we're not going to come in and say, okay, three weeks into this, you got to be a member now. It is something we're going to push, but at the same time, like 
we're happy that you're bringing your unbeliever family member or friend or your friend of your friends are coming and they they don't know the gospel, but they're coming every week. Like, that's great. Like, we want them there. Yes. Yeah. We're just not, we are never going to walk up to them and ask them, why are you not more involved in serving one another, loving one another? You know, um, for us, it's at some point we might be like, why aren't they members? Mm-hmm. But if the answer is, well, because they're not believers. Oh, okay, cool. Then I'm glad they're still coming. Yeah. 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 Well, that was really wordy. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what does membership say to other members? What does membership say? You mean what are members expected to do for other members? Or? Uh, what, what, is, what, is, um, what does it do for you as a member of the church to know that, that the people next to you are members? Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, well, it, it, there's, as a member, you're expected to fulfill you know, the one another's. Yeah. Um, and obviously that includes those who are just attending regularly, but you do have a focus of building up those around you, yeah. encouraging them and also helping to point them to Jesus Christ and, you know, loving the Lord, holy living, um, discipling them. And, and that's all part of being a member of the church. It's not, you're not a um, spectator, you're a participant of, you're, you're a participant of the goal of the elders, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like we're the engine, uh, which, you know, and we're, we're trying to get everyone to, to look at Christ all the time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, that's, that's good. We, yeah. The engine and the caboose at some point. Right. Yeah. Cause what's the caboose, the back? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, the back. They're like engines both yeah. sides or something. I don't know. I always try to think of like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm reading a book on the transcontinental railroad though. Very interesting. Yeah. Yes. I bet. Yeah. We we don't think about it because in four hours I can be in Florida on one plane flight, but in like 1830, you know, it took you six weeks to get from California to St. Louis. Oh wow! And that's even if you made the trip, you might have died along the way. So the fact that you even made it, it's like well, I don't ever want to do that again. You know? Wow! Yeah, you die in train rides? That's no, no, oh. not a train. This pre-train. Oh, okay, right. Gotcha, so gotcha. yeah, in the so, 1840s, six you know yeah. six weeks. To, to get from California to St. Louis, you know, maybe, maybe By wagon, four. like wagon and trail, basically. Yeah, and maybe you could cut a couple of weeks off that if it's just you and your horse. Yeah, yeah. But the problem is just you and your horse, yeah. it wasn't necessarily the safest travel for one person. What? It's not safe. Well, I, I know. mean, if it's not safe, then you can't go out there. You That's know? true. You gotta lock yourself at home, Jason. Yeah, I got to be careful. <laughs> you're you're going to get... You're going to get me in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's okay. You, uh, you brought up the tr- transcontinental. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I, it's helpful for members to go. For me, it's helpful because I realize we both made the same commitment. We're both drinking the same Kool-Aid, and we're both striving together. Yes. And so at some level, we both said to one another, we both said to the church and said to one another, hey, we are wanting to be committed to the local church and wanting to serve one another and to grow with one another. And so that in and of itself, right, is helpful to me. It's it's nice to know who's in the trenches with me. I like that. Yeah. And who's so got my back. Yes. Yeah. Uh and it's helpful for elders because for me it's helpful to know who's made that commitment and who's been vetted. Mm-hmm. Because uh in First Peter when he says, Shepherd the flock of God among you, uh that among you to me is the elders. 
Or yes, is I'm, the uh, uh, members? Yeah, members. Thank you. It's also the elders. I do need shepherding. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and if we didn't have Ramil, we probably would. We'd be in a lot of trouble because he's got to shepherd us. Exactly. Yes. So shepherd the flock of God among you from First Peter five two. So it's helpful for me to know who that among you is. Uh, I do think I'm going to have to give an account to the Lord for the way that we loved and taught and shepherded the people here in Cornerstone. Uh, I also think, right, that the membership there helps us to find that, who those people are, right? Uh, I don't know that I'm culpable for an unbeliever who visits our church for six months outside of what I taught them, right? So I don't, I don't know that I'm entirely culpable for, um, for some other factors. I, I think I'm responsible for what I taught them and how I love them and how I serve them. But I, I think there's a different layer that goes there with your church family. Hmm. Yeah, could you um, elaborate a little bit more? What, what the first thing you said was, um, uh, could you reiterate that? The the part about uh, among you the no 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 the uh, well I, I forget where I was I was trying yeah. to think about how you were saying that yeah I, I I forget all the time what I just <laughs> said that's the worst part I said it and it's like what did you just say yeah. I have no idea I was talking I was yeah. in my lane focused on yeah uh, well <laughs> we, we should just play back hold on we're gonna play back the podcast we will be right back with you <laughs> uh, so. Um, well, for, for me, right, it helps. Uh, I feel responsible for shepherding the local body. Yes. And I feel like I'm going to have to give an account for that. I, I feel like I'm going to only give an account for what I taught the unbelievers and oh, how gotcha. I treated the unbelievers. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that's, okay. That's yeah. where, that's what I was trying to say uh, or ask yes. you about. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't think, right, that the unbelievers who come into the church I want to welcome them. I want to love them. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to serve them. You're um, not their pastor, basically. What you're yes, saying. I'm not their pastor, though. Yes, um, you are their evangelist in a yes, way. Yes, yeah. yes. And and I'm going to do the work of the evangelist. You know, Timothy, do not neglect. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're, that's the work of evangelist that we're going to do too. Right. Uh, but but I think there's a, a added responsibility to the member. Right, that we're going to watch over you. We're going to right. We're going to have to yeah. give an account for the we have way to care we care for them. Yes, care for them, protect them. I mean, yes. protection is something that's so neglected, right? Um, I mean, we could talk about that another day, but like right. church discipline is is part of it's protecting the sheep. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, I don't know that I'm called to like. Yeah, I mean, when the unbeliever non-member leaves, I don't know that I'm necessarily called to go running after them. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, obviously we're going to call and be like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while, everything okay. Yeah, well, yeah you know what, I just decided yeah. Christianity is not for me. Okay, well, hey, brother, we're, we're going to pray for you, and we're always here for yeah. you. You know, and yeah. um, and there may be some ongoing evangelism that opportunities that we try to take through that, but it's different from your member leaving. That is, that is correct. I think of the... Um, the, the lost son, right? Or the, the parable of the lost son, right? The prodigal yes. son. Um, you know, it wasn't just some kid that left the house. It was a son. Yes. And and uh, the father was waiting for that son to come back, right? Ooh, it, yes, yeah. It's not the same as some random non-believer who walks in and shadows the door of the church, right? It's 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 a son that we, that has, you know, that, that has um, 
proclaim Jesus Christ, who may be yeah. struggling in life and has walked away for the moment, and we need to run after that 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 son and at least encourage him. In a di- I mean, it's a different yeah, weight no. of responsibility. I yes. think. No, that's a that's a good point. The the familial relationship there. Yeah, and it's funny because even in our you know. Now, to go after the one, the, the Lord celebrates the repentance of the one who went astray. Uh, and and we, we certainly want that one to go astray. But but there is a sense, too, and I think the balance that a lot of people don't bring to this discussion is that at some point you do have to dust your feet off. Mm. And so if they've been coming to the church for a while, they've never gone through membership, and then they depart, excuse me, and you never see them again, and you call them and they're like, well, you know, we're just going to do our own thing. And I uh, don't really, you know, I'm not really sure I believe the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, they've, they've also decided to quit coming. So mm-hmm. there is a kind of like, okay, I'm going to dust my feet off and I'm going to move along yeah. and I'm going to stay focused on fat people. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's basically the conversation I would have with that person. They go, well, that's, that's great. You just know that we're here for you. Yes. If you ever want to, you know, if you ever want to come back and learn who Jesus Christ is. That's what we're about. Yes, um, and, and that's kind of, uh, and that's a di- that is a different philosophy. Our goal is to lift up Jesus Christ, and God will draw people to um, yes. to the light. Right? Yeah. He draws He draws His own sheep, and we're just we just need to keep being faithful to that calling that we've been called, which is to lift Him up and let let you know, yeah. let, let those who are attracted to the light come, and those who are not, they'll leave. So. Yes. Yeah. Feed the fat people. Yes. Yes. They'll they'll stay around to be they fed. Yeah. They will. Yeah. And fat, by the way, faithful, available, teachable. Yeah, yeah, yeah there we go. So, uh, thanks for playing. <laughs> yeah, I know. For those who don't know, for those who don't know, the faithful, available, teachable—that should be you, Christian. Uh, I also think that's that's noteworthy in the um, pursuit of them. Right, we are trying to equip saints, and so really, the church's goal is to serve the members. So though we are happy the unbeliever came into service and participated in our corporate gathering, primarily the Sunday morning sermon and the music and the Bible reading and the prayer and the the announcements of ministry, midweek ministry opportunities, that is all meant to equip the sheep of the church. That's good, yeah. It's built around yes. the member in mind, yes, not the unbeliever. Yeah, so when somebody's like, you know, well, some of your sermons are way over my unbeliever friend's head, I'm like, well, they're actually for you, not necessarily for your friend. To strengthen you to be a disciple maker of that friend. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, so you learn to steal it, communicate it to your friend, show your friend the Bible, come back. Yes. Yeah. And you know what? The reality is the Holy Spirit, nowhere in Scripture does the Holy Spirit say, you got to dumb the message down so that I can pierce hearts. Mm -hmm. So the Spirit will do what the Spirit does. It's amazing Mm -hmm. how he does that. Yes. Yes. Uh, Yeah, so it's helpful to us because that's who we cater to. That's who we're looking to serve primarily. Again, not not that we don't want to take care of non-members, but... Membership again. They've we have all agreed to walk together. So you focus on the people you're walking together with, because you're trying to get you're trying to get kind of to use the the shepherd mindset. You're trying to get the herd all going in the same place, eating from the same pasture, watching out over itself, serving each other. Mm-hmm. You know, meeting lost sheep along the way, and and incorp you know incorporating them into the body. Yeah. And and that's the beauty of the sheep, right? Is that when we're all doing ministry together, 
you know, then hopefully what happens is you actually have a, a, a family that supports you in your evangelism of other mm-hmm. people as well. So. I don't think, I don't, I, you know, what people don't realize is the power, the, 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 the great power of Christ in, um, in the unity of, 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 of a church, right? Yes. So when, when all the members are committed to the same focus, committed to the one another's, yeah. um, committed to loving, you know, one another, um, there is something that God does, right, in yep. that unity that's yeah. in Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we've, we're seeing it. You know, we're so blessed to see that and experience that in our church. I agree. I, I hate to brag, but it's awesome what the Lord is doing. You know? No, it is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Because it, it, takes, um, it takes commitment to make disciples and, and long-suffering when you engage, you know, as, as we just have to work with each other in our shortcomings. Yes. And, and that's the, that's the part about, about unity and learning together. And that, that's why membership is, is helpful to, to look down and say, okay, who do we have? Who's on, who are members? And then it's also helpful to look down at the membership and go, okay, who, who's, you know, getting saved, who's been saved, who's new believers, Right, because you, you, Lord willing, you, you people are growing, maturing, evangelizing, and God's using each person in the church, right, to mature and grow the church. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we've kind of talked about why membership, why it's important to, it's really important to define your church body. Uh, it's important for the elders. It's important for you. Uh, what does you know? Uh, We've talked about how it's helpful to elders. Uh, we've talked about uh, even that, right, the significant part of who is membership meant for? Membership's meant for believers. Uh, let's, answer, let's ask the question, what does it take to be a member of Cornerstone? Yeah, good question. Yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm going to say that it simply takes belief, you live locally, and you're willing to walk with the church in ministry. Is that fair? I think so. I think the only the only um, exception I would make for the non-local person is there's there was no church where they're at. Yeah, so that would might be a special case. Like, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I just thought of that. But like, I just could imagine uh, someone that lives in a place that's, you know, I don't know, an area where there's just no churches, and yeah. um, the, the nearest church is like 50 miles away. Yeah. Or at least the nearest biblical church. Yeah. Maybe at that point, the best thing to do is to move. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole other discussion, but I'm going to insert it now. God does not want you to move to a city or town if there's no church there mm. and no song. Yeah. Like, and I would even say faithful church. So there's no job worth it, right? Yes. No jobs worth it. Yeah. Unless, unless you have a helicopter that can fly you to the church. Yes. Yeah. If you do, then yes, you can get anywhere and you yeah. can get 50 miles. No problem. But it's hard <laughs> to be plugged in at that point too. You know, I don't, I don't care how good for your, your career advancement, you know, it is to move to this town of 2000 people, mm-hmm. you know, and you get there and there's just a, gosh, I, you know, I'm going to say it, you get there and there's just some Methodist church mm-hmm. and they're a typical kind of where that denomination has gone lately. They're that typical kind of church. And you walk in and you're like, wow, I don't even know what she's trying to say up there. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, at that point, I promise you, like your spiritual life was more important than that job. Yes. God has an amazing way of providing what you need 
uh, and keeping roofs overhead, keeping plumbing working in the house, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I just got my AC working yesterday. It's awesome. Yes. See? Wow, yeah. Dude, almost, I almost had to move, man. Gosh, <laughs> AC issues, uh, refrigerator issues. Mm-hmm. Wow, dude. Yeah. The, the worst thing you could find out. Well, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're, let's I not distract- talk about any other possible problems that might come up in your house. Yeah, I know. Seriously. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I got know. everything. I had plumbing, AC, and refrigerator, like within the span of a month, I think, a month and a half. You have. So, yeah. See, you're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then. But I expected uh, it. Yeah. So. And. Uh, Old made, house. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And uh, good. <laughs> All right. I'm, st- I'm still here. Yeah. And the Lord still called me to Las Vegas. So. Yeah. See, I love it. Yeah. All right, so, uh, gosh, now I lost what we were talking about. Yeah, we were talking about uh, priority of the local church uh, if you move. You want to just... Oh, yes, 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 yes. Make God sure you hit that you nail. Yeah. Church. God wants you in a local yeah. church. Yeah, so yes. you're saying that God wants you in a local church over the, the best, like the, 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 the dream job. Yes, absolutely, yeah. 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 Um, yes, exactly. Uh, that's super important. I, I I would actually argue right at that point the implication that membership is a very big, you know, the who you're what church you're a member of is probably more important than your job you have. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to talk about that soon because we have a couple. We have five responsibilities we see that each believer must maintain. Uh, four if you're if you're single, you know. Uh, four if you're kidless, three if you're single. Yeah. Uh, but that church relationship's huge. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we'll talk about that. We'll, we'll probably have Chris on for that one because he has really good testimony with that as well. So, um, but what does it take to be a member of Cornerstone? And, and this, I think, is is right. We we ask our our people who want to become members. We ask that they attend the class. We we really want to have seen them for a while. We don't, you know, somebody comes in and they've been at the church one week and here we're doing a membership. We're like, well, maybe maybe just kind of delay yourself a little bit. Get to know us a little better. Yeah. Let us get to know you a little better. What's the purpose of that, would you say? I just think it's helpful to kind of get, I think it's helpful to kind of know who they are before the class yeah. starts. It's part of the defining the relationship, I think. I think It's so. like before you, It's it is kind of like a marriage, right? Like yes. Before you commit to us, make sure you know what we're about. Yeah. Last thing we want is for you to be like, wait a minute, you teach the Bible? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or you think I should be involved in other people's life? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, that first day, right? Take them for coffee. You if you you know, you never see them again, ten bucks is not a lot. Right. <laughs> yeah. You take them for a steak dinner, hundred mm-hmm. bucks is a hundred bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So be smart on those first dates, guys. Coffee, yeah. coffee and a pastry. Go yep. go in the mid afternoon, after lunch hour, before dinner. Have them home by five. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sorry, I got to be somewhere for dinner tonight, but I had a great afternoon with you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Super safe. <laughs> it only costs ten bucks. Well, fifteen if you're at my coffee shop, but still. Take her to a Costco. Get her a dollar fifty hot dog. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> and see how she does with that. Because if she thrives on that, then you've set yourself up yeah. for future financial success. Yes. Yeah, so she's like, I love Costco. You know, yes. we could live on dollar fifty hot dogs. Yeah. It's like, ooh. Yeah. And you probably also want to ask. Who can find a wife? Uh. Yeah, Our, how do you like shopping in Walmart or Target by yourself? <laughs> uh, yeah, these are, these are things that will save your future. Uh, by the way, I'm not implying that only women do that. There are some guys in our church that do all the shopping, and that's great. Yep. Yeah, I don't 
however you want to divide the labor in your house, whatever makes most sense to you, you know, that's, that's what we want. So yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so what does it take to be a member of Cornerstone? Uh, we talked about it. You got to be a believer. Got to be a believer. Yeah. Yep. And so, uh, we ask for everybody to give us their testimony mm-hmm. and articulate the gospel. Yep. Yep. And we also ask, we want to know, did you leave your church, old church on good or bad standing? Yeah, if you're under church discipline with another church, we're probably not going to accept your membership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not without some serious vetting. It is possible that the other church is out to lunch, but yes, right. So you need some wisdom and vetting on that. Basically, we'd go slower in that case. Yes, yes. Find out what's going on. Yeah, but but we're not looking for. You know, we have some people in our church that have read a lot and articulate. You know, the gospel and can articulate. You know, the twelve major points of a systematic theology and can articulate, you know, the order salutis and the 25 different key terminologies and soteriology and, you know, the six different forms of baptism and their history. We're not, we're not looking for scholars. Mm. We're looking for commitment. Yeah. We're looking for churchmen. Yes. Yeah. Church men. Yeah. And, and women. Yeah. And if you know the gospel, but right. I mean, and again, like, you know, do you believe in Jesus Christ? And if the answer is yes, then I'm okay with you being a member. Yes. Yeah. So we don't want to create this added layer of, and that's 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 unique because there are some churches, and I'm not in any way saying it's wrong. I think right. each church has to decide what's best for them. There are some churches that say we do ask that every member believe the doctrinal statement. Right. And I'm okay. You know, I'm okay with that. I think, you know, a guy that was super helpful to me early on in ministry, that was what he did with his church. He made every, he made sure everyone had to um, check off the yes. doctrines. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. And that's so, fair. I mean, at yeah. least you put that up front and said, hey, yes. part of membership is this. Yes. If this is not for you, then you don't have to be a member, yes. which is fine. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, we don't say that at Cornerstone. No. Yeah, no. we, we say re, like know that this is what we teach, and yes. we ask you to submit to it. Yes, yeah, we're we're just trying to keep unity. You can Correct. disagree, but disagree cordially with love, grace, mercy, and don't be divisive over it. Correct. Yeah, if you want to be divisive, then this is probably not the right church. You probably need to go to a church where you agree more fully with that philosophy of ministry. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And that's for your sake and our sake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but when it comes to, right. So, you know, I think, you know, every now and then kind of go through the membership process, somebody gets nervous about, well, was my testimony written well enough? And so just tell us the truth, be, be open, have integrity and tell us what you know, you know? And, um, if there's something that's weird, we probably are going to shepherd and investigate that. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's, yeah. So we're looking for believers who want to walk with us. Uh, that was the other part of that. And so we, we are kind of putting before people, Hey, here's the responsibilities. We, we want you to be involved with other people in the church and we want you to, to be involved in a way to where you can serve them with the one another's in Christ. Yeah. That's, that's kind of a, yeah, that's super important because at least, um, they know how we're going to shepherd them. Yes. We're shepherding them towards the one another's. Yes. And doesn't mean again, you're going to do it. No one does it perfectly. Right. But that's how we want to walk. Yes. Because the Lord calls us to walk that way. At least that's what we understand. Yes. No, you're, you're 100% right. Um, yeah. And 
that accounts for new believers who only know Jesus is the Messiah that I have faith in. They may not even know the word Messiah. Mm-hmm. You know, they're just going, I believe that Jesus is God. And you're like, yes, he is. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> membership also doesn't mean um, you have to. So not, not only are we saying that you don't necessarily have to agree with our doctrine and check off like every single belief to be a member. But um, again, even the way we do ministry, um, are we asking people to at least yeah, or maybe I'll, I'll let you openly speak about that. Like, what do you? What about how we do ministry, philosophy of ministry? What do we expect from a member? Do we expect them to uh, kind of treat treat it the way we, they treat the doctrine, or is it more? Um, yeah, I think I think what I what I expect from members is a um, is a teachability and a desire to walk with Christ. And a willingness to grow and be committed to growing. Okay, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah, because then I realize some people have much to learn when it comes to doing the one another's. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're our biggest enemies in that. So uh, I also don't expect for revolutionary changes overnight. That's fair. You know, and, and some, you know, and, and, the other thing is, too, you can't – it's hard to write because we always put this like, hey, we expect you to do these one another's. And at some level, there's a picture created, and everybody kind of like compares themselves to the picture and's like, well, I can't fit that picture. And it's like, no, take the principles and apply them as best as you can. And if it has to look a little different than the average, that's okay, right? Somebody, well, I, can, I have to work every night. Monday to Friday, so I can't make it in the Bible studies. Well, that's okay. Find another way to do the one another's. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, be be at the the morning men's or, or when the women's gets back up. Be at that. Mm-hmm. You know, invite people over for Saturday morning breakfast. You know, commit yourself after church to have dinner with people or lunch with people when we go back to morning service. You know, that that kind of thing. Like, you can do these things even with wacky schedules. Yes. Yeah. And so it does take, it does, you have to fight for it. Yes. It takes commitment. Yeah. Yes. But it's worth fighting for. It is worth fighting for. Totally worth it. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I've never met anybody that was like, wow, I really got involved with these people in the church. And, uh, you know what? It was like the worst thing I ever did in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when we used to meet for coffee during the seminary days, like at 6 a.m. in the morning? Oh, yeah. with some, and you know what? Guys showed up, and they, they were true. committed still. That's so, true. They, yeah. Six, and it worked because in L.A., yes. you had to beat the traffic. Yes. So six, I think, no, five. Was it five or six? Well, I forget. I think they, they didn't open until six. Okay, so it was yes. six. Yeah. yeah but we was, had to get up like like 5.30 to get oh, there. That was brutal. Yeah. Yeah, and if you know, I'm not a Are you a morning guy? Um, I could be. Yeah, I, I think I prefer the morning. Yeah, you're better. You know, me. um, I prefer. It. I just, um, you know, it depends. I, I'm also a night guy. That's the problem. I like the nights and the morning. And, and I, uh, I hate the afternoons. I was gonna say, I just nap. If I could just nap all the time in the afternoon, I could do both. Oh yeah, I hate <laughs> the afternoons. Yeah, from like two to five, I'm like brain dead. Yeah, that's our. That's right now. I know. What are we doing? I know. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> The funny part is, it's easy. That, that's why I think sometimes my brain's just on autopilot, and these are like the things that I've thought about before, and they're just flying out. Yeah, and that's yeah. So like I can kind of, I don't know. So I, yeah, I'm not really an afternoon guy. Confessions of a, 
Yeah. Well, we need a priest for that. I'm just kidding. You're a brunch guy because you don't like the morning or the afternoon. You're like, oh, I really don't like the morning. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Although I love early morning coffee before everybody else in the house has, has uh, got out of bed. Right, right. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's normal for most men. Uh, yeah. So I just, I think for members, right, you expect them to, you want them to learn, you want them to grow, and you want them to be committed. But at the same time, I think it's fair. Like I would, I encourage everybody in the church, be really patient with people because again, sometimes it takes a while for things to click. And if you only go to church on Sundays, you've attended 50, it, it, you know, let's say you make every Sunday, which most, most of us can't make every Sunday. So let's say you make uh, 45 Sundays a year. That's 45 times of engaging with the church. Uh, that's actually not a lot if you stop and think about it. Right. You know, uh, if you think about you go and you take a class on basket weaving in college, you know, that's a 14-week class, three hours a week with homework. And so by the time you're done, you're like, whoa, I went from not knowing anything about basket weaving to to knowing six different weaves with 12 different, you know, material, and you know, I can do it in my sleep. Well, yeah, because, look, you did – you had like those 52 engagements in 14 weeks, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, that's, which is one of those reasons why I think for right reasons, Christians say you need to be reading your Bible at home, praying, right? You've got to cultivate and, and try to influence your mind in the middle of the week in a biblical way. But it also needs to make us stop and realize, Hey, not everybody's at that conviction. Uh, and, and people are growing and learning and 52 encounters, you know, 45 encounters over a year is actually not a lot. You know, it's, it's, I was thinking about that earlier. Like, why don't we ever, why does nobody ever come into the church and been a deacon within six months? And it's because that's 26, that's 26 engagements with right. that person. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll go to Bible study and say, maybe that's 45 engagements at 15 minutes before and after church. Mm-hmm. That that still doesn't even account for you know the total time of engaging and talking and kind of, kind of getting to know that person is still not even a couple weeks. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so it's not. Yeah, I mean, you're you, if you think about work, right? If you have a regular job, yes, that's eight hours a day. Yes, you know, um, three hundred forty days a a year. Yes, or something like that. Three hundred. Yes, let's just say three three hundred days a year. All those hours with your coworkers. Um, you know, there's something uh, for some people. They're they're the closest with their coworkers. Yes, because of all that engagement. Yeah, it's you can't. Too- so you can't expect to be connected with the church if you don't invest time. Yeah. No, that's. I mean, you can. You know, that's a good point. What is that? Fifty two. So let's say you work five days a week, right? So three hundred sixty five, two hundred and fifty one. Mm-hmm. Days of work with your coworkers minus ten days, so two, two forty one. You know, a little yeah, vacation times, time in there. Yeah, times like eight hours a day. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's a lot more than with your church family, and yeah. that's that's why often, you know, sometimes you, um, right? I mean, sometimes you're with your coworkers more than you're with your spouse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it makes sense, right? Why why we need to be slow and have long suffering to people because, you know, change doesn't happen overnight. 
You know, it's not like at work where you get a new job and you get trained up on that new job. But again, usually even when you're trained up on the new job, people are like, well, you know, it'll take them six to eight weeks to really learn this part. And then, you know, it'll take them a couple of years before they're fully proficient. Yep. And you want to be an expert in your field. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's usually, usually I think the, the last thing I saw on that was 10 years. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, like if you read one book a month on something in your field, uh, for like, you know, five years or something, you literally are probably going to be an expert. Yeah. Yeah. So it's some, it's some weird, something. yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, interesting because yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk about leadership at this point, but you know, yeah, it, it takes time to groom leadership. Yes. Um, I don't, uh, I, yeah, I, I well, just thought about that. Just, no, you know, it, people yeah. expect promotions after five years working at a, a place like yeah. doing the same thing. You would expect a promotion. Yes. So if you're going to be a leader in the church, yes, you got to do some repetitions. Yeah. Some well, reps, I think that's right. Right. And so church time is slower than work time. Yep. You know, I understand why a guy comes to, to work and within six months, they're like, this guy's the real deal. Get this guy a promotion because they've had, you know, five days a week for six months, 40 hours, maybe even some overtime yep. and seen the way he responds you know, they're with this guy all the time mm-hmm. and it's just different to church. You know, what, what, what you can do in your work in one year, you know, might take three years in your church. Yep. And so it's, it's just a slower, it's a slower, but I think it's, a, it's good to be slower and how, how this does, you right, you talk about leadership and how this ties back into membership is that reality that members aren't going to grow overnight. Right. I mean, you know, is there are some, you know, moms out there who are, you know, staying at home with their, you know, two, three, four, five kids, you know, and they're all under 10. And that that's a, just a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of labor. Amen. And <laughs> you can't sit there and go, you know, you, you want them to grow in godliness. You want them to grow in their knowledge of God. The reality is the, you know, changing two babies' diapers at a time in the house is just time. It's time. Mm-hmm. And it's exhausting. And your kids get out for a nap and it's like, oh, she's sleeping on the couch because she's tired. Well, she's rightfully tired. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, those, you know, so the other spouses at work having adult conversations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's different when you're when you're working with your kids who can't have adult conversations, you know, who are upset that the grape jelly's out and throwing a temper tantrum because they don't like strawberry jelly. And mm-hmm. your spouse is like, you know went out to lunch with their coworkers and everybody ordered their food for themselves. <laughs> it's just a different, so all that to say, right. That, that things don't move fast, even in membership. And so yeah. that's why you do. That's why I'm not a fan of setting a, a standard and saying, you have to be at this standard uh, in order to be a member. I'm kind of more of a, Hey, here's, here's where we're going to lead you. Here's how we're going to lead you. Here's what we're going to teach you. Do you want to be involved in that? Yeah, that's a fair process, yeah. right? It's not, yes. it's different. I mean, that's the difference between cults, right? Yes. Cults will be like, you have to hit these things and you have to do these things. And yes. And um, yeah, yeah, it's very culty. We're not culty. No, we don't even require that you like good coffee. Right. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if we were going to, if Cornerstone <laughs> were going to have a Kool Aid, it would be uh, specialty brown. coffee. <laughs> It'd be brown and yeah. hot. Yes. Yeah. But we don't have, so instead, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're still going to, I'm still going to make fun of that, that place that has the lady on the, on the cups, the green lady, 
that everybody you drive by and you're like, there's 45 of you in line. And you just, all you can think is Stockholm syndrome. <laughs> if you don't know what Stockholm syndrome is, look it up. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, well, we, uh, thank you. If you made it all the way here, thank you. We rambled a lot today, but, uh, it's, you know, it where is, uh, it's where our heads are today. So we do yeah. apologize. We'll probably talk more about church membership in the future, but hopefully today there's an understanding of why we do it, why it's important, what we're looking for and how, you, how the church thinks about Cornerstone in terms of leading you to understand how we're going to serve you and how we're going to lead you and what to expect from us and what, what we are trying to teach you how to do. So, amen. amen. All right. Well, we love you. Love you, Cornerstone. uh, We will until the next time.